0: Bye. Reports that Vladimir Putin, President of Russia, has invited Kim Jong-un, Supreme Leader of North Korea, to board his armoured train and visit Russia, likely Vladivostok, later this month, serve as something of a tap-in for one of those laboured bait-and-switch devices of which the Foreign Desk Explainer is so very fond, so let's get it out of the way up front. Yes, imagine choosing to associate with this tin-pot tyrant who spends his days seething in the fortified citadel in the heart of his hermit fiefdom, beset by paranoid fantasies and obtuse grudges, generally reviled, admired only by obsequious power worshippers, certifiable dingbats and or Donald Trump, isolated from his peers, probably more frightened of his own associates at home than his many enemies abroad, periodically threatening a baffled world with atomic Armageddon, you really do have to wonder about the company Kim is keeping. Thanks, I'm here all week. Try the borscht and so forth. A caveat is also probably in order. This isn't entirely nailed down as we go to air. Any enterprising Russian manufacturers of commemorative tea towels should not roll presses just yet. The story has emerged via US intelligence services who may just be winding everybody up. Although, perhaps tellingly, Russia has not issued its usual reflexive denial, the Kremlin merely harumphing that it has nothing to say. The North Koreans are being more opaque still. If one turns to Rodong Sinmun, official newspaper of the Workers' Party of Korea, the always diverting General Secretary Kim Jong Un's revolutionary activities tab leads with Respected Comrade Kim Jong Un inspects Pukjung Machine Complex and Munitions Factory, from which we glean that Kim and we quote expressed his great expectation and conviction that the party members and other working people of the complex, with the brilliant fighting tradition of taking the lead in implementing the party's policies of national defence and economy by fully displaying the revolutionary spirit of self-reliance with the spirit of devoted implementation in every decade of the revolution, would heartily accept the new crucial decision of the party central committee reflecting the important requirements of our revolution and unconditionally respond to it with elated enthusiasm. You'd get a shorter sentence for drawing glasses and a funny moustache on one of his posters. Nevertheless, a big hello to all our listeners at the Pukjung Machine Complex and Munitions Factory. Keep up the good work. Yay. Mm. Yay. Indeed, it appears that the produce of the Pukjung Machine Complex and Munitions Factory may be on the summit agenda. Russia is now a little over 18 months into its 72-hour conquest of Ukraine and may be running low on supplies. North Korean kit is nobody's first choice, but Russia needs artillery shells and anti tank missiles and is running out of options for sourcing them. It is known that Russian Defence Minister Sergei Shoigu visited North Korea as recently as July. Shoigu also appeared to acknowledge reports that joint military exercises were being discussed, citing an old Russian saying to the effect that you don't choose your neighbours and it's better to live with your neighbours in peace and harmony. Is it, Sergei? is it? Is it? Openly supplying Russia with weapons at this point is only an option for countries past caring what the Western world thinks of them, Iran, for one obvious example. Even China is being careful to invoke the non-lethal hypocrisy as it sells Russia dual-use drones and the kind of ceramics that come in handy in body armour. We urge the DPRK to cease its arms negotiations with Russia. We will continue to identify, expose and counter Russia attempts to acquire military equipment from the DPRK or- any other states that is prepared to support its war in Ukraine. As for North Korea's interest in this meeting, the troglodyte kingdom has prosaic requirements, i.e. money, oil and food, and technology which might make its satellites and submarines less unreliable, and more metaphysical desires. Kim Jong-un doesn't get out much, a combination of his own and his country's reclusiveness and the fact that few fellow leaders wish to be seen with him. He is not known to have left North Korea since 2019, when he stepped briefly into the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas to meet his then South Korean counterpart, President Moon Jae-in, and his then American ditto, Donald Trump. And at this point, we should probably take as read the punchline, yes, the belligerent, strangely bouffanted son of privilege who lucked into his country's most powerful office despite being manifestly unqualified shook hands with the General Secretary of the Workers' Party of Korea. Thanks for coming out and so forth. Kim may therefore quite fancy being publicly embraced as a peer by the leader of a mighty and respected nation. And failing that, Russia will about do. Hose me down, I'm on fire. It is all a bit rum for no end of reasons, not least that Russia, a permanent member of the UN Security Council, could end up undermining, even collapsing, the network of sanctions imposed upon North Korea in response to its nuclear weapons program. If there is any cause for optimism, and this is always a big if where Russia or North Korea are concerned, like imagine an if you'd need yaks and sherpas to climb, it is that it may nudge Russia's people towards noticing how far they've descended. In 2019, the last pre-pandemic, pre-war year, Vladimir Putin had a regular chair at the cool kids table, the G20 in Osaka, the BRICS in Brasilia, Jacques Chirac's funeral, leader level visits to Italy, France, Finland and Turkey, state visits to Saudi Arabia and the UAE. He is now reduced to sharing his sandwiches with that weird kid nobody else wants to play with and appears not to realise that the weird kid thinks he's in the same situation. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.